We are concluding chapter 7 of Shara Betochen and the entire Shar, Emirza Hashem. If you remember, for context, we are in the middle of enumerating a progression of 10, total 10 phases of Betochen through a person's life. Uh, we, we covered 9 out of the 10. And it started from the first, most rudimentary level, where the infant has betochen in his mother's ability to, to nurse him. And that's as far as what he knows, that is all the security in the world, is his mother nursing him. And then he's weaned, and he graduates from that to having betochen in his mother procuring things for him. And then he realizes, well, hold on. Maybe it's my father. You know, my father pays the bills. And then he says, oh, hold on. It's not my mother or my father. It's me and my ability to work. And then he says, no, no, it's not my ability to work. It is um, the, the benevolence of the, of, of the employers, the wealthy people, who uh, even if I can't work, maybe they'll still take care of me. And then finally, I think that's five levels, Finally, he realizes, you know what? Everyone relies on God. I'm just going to rely on God. But he only relies on God for the things that are clearly out of human control. Then he ups his game, and he starts relying on Hashem, even for things that technically you can control, or it seems like you have more control. Um, And then he gets to a point where he relies completely on Hashem, and now he's only working because that's how Hashem wants people to do things. And then he gets to the level, we said the ninth level, so the last thing we did, where, remember that what we said last night? It was so powerful. And I was thinking, like, I just want to make a sign and put this up. I never got up in a particular situation. And yearned to be in a different situation or a different state of affairs. Wow. And that was level nine. Level nine was where whatever your life is right now, perfect. For now. For now. Obviously, we can, we can hope. And if we have been talking, we do hope. And, and we, we, we look forward to where it's easy to see and obvious to see. But for now, right now, at this moment, whatever's going on, pleasure or pain, Whatever it is, it's perfect. It's perfect for this moment. Wow. Wow. That, 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 was the, that was level nine. And we're still progressing. There's still another level. There's a level 10, which we didn't cover yet. But uh, can you believe that? There's still another level higher than that. What's it going to even be? How can there be a higher level than that? Yeah? All right. So we're going we're gonna to do level 10. When his concept of Hashem matures, develops even further. Okay, we're getting to the highest level. Remember, we described this as a cognitive development. He's, he's maturing in his worldview, in his understanding of reality. So when he gets to the highest level of maturity, he understands the purpose for which he was created and brought into this 
fleeting world. He calls it Ho'elam Hazeh HaKale, a transient world, a world of passing things. So he begins to recognize his purpose. What am I doing? What am I doing here? And he comes to recognize the advantage of the other world, which exists forever. So he starts to put into perspective the relative value of this world compared to the next world. And what will happen then? At this point, this is the highest level of, of, of maturity. He will become disgusted by this world and its means, meaning the stuff you got to do in this world, to get by in this world. And then he will surrender himself, commit himself to Hashem with his thought and with his body, and he will delight in remembering Hashem when he's alone, when he's by himself. And he'll feel empty when not reflecting on his greatness. So this is higher than, than level nine. Level nine was whatever, the, the total midis hishtavos, equanimity, total stoicism, where and stoicism doesn't mean like people think like a cal, uh, you know like a cold fish. Stoicism means equanimity, midisistavos. That was level nine. Level ten is that he gets beyond that, where where it's like he has this pleasure in his relationship with Hashem. Not just that this world doesn't you know he doesn't care anymore what toppings are on the pizza. Okay, he graduated from that, which is a big deal to not care what toppings are on the pizza. Okay, especially when you told them especially which toppings you wanted, and then they didn't listen. Okay, it's, it's not about the topics; it's about the principle. If you would have told me which toppings you don't want, I would have listened. Okay, anyways, Rabbeinu Bechayi told us how to deal with interpersonal relationships, right? Okay, anyway, level nine was this world is fine; it's great. Where however however Hashem serves it is fine. Level ten is even more than that, where he develops this pleasure in his connection with Hashem. So it's not just that he feels ambivalent about this world. He feels intense pleasure, excitement, bliss. I mean, in Chassidus we call it Ave Batanugim, which is a turn of phrase from uh, Shir HaShirim, that, the love poem that Shlem Melech wrote when he wanted to describe the relationship between the Jews and God. But uh, he just he has pleasure in his connection with Hashem. Now, I want to explain a little something right here in the light of Chassidus. Because when you say something like, He's disgusted by this world. I think it can give the wrong impression. And remember when we told the story? Um, remember? I don't remember how many lessons ago it was. Somebody maybe pull up the archives. But uh, remember I, t I told you the story that Hillel Paracha used to tell the story about the Yid who got the body of the Maram out of, he ransomed the body. And not during the Maram's life, but after the Maram passed away, then he was able to get the body and give it a Jewish burial. Remember that story? Yeah? For those who don't remember it, but uh, I'm going to tell very, very Bekitzer. But uh, he was rewarded. He could either go to the Maram's level in Gan Eden, or he could become uh, wealthy. 
and he chose uh, the heaven instead of the, the money. And uh, Hilipadacha, the great Mashpi, used to tell that story and ask people, so what would you do? And they all said, oh, we would take the heaven as well. He said, ha, the heaven would only benefit you, but with the money, think about how many mitzvahs you could do. So I want to I make a point here. When we say that he has no care for this world, he doesn't, you know, doesn't attract him. To, to the, to, actually, let, let me not mince words. It didn't say he's not attracted to this world. It says he's disgusted by this world. What does that mean he's disgusted by it? The Ebishta created Elam Hazet to be a dira b'tachtoinim. So how's he going to be disgusted with the world that the Ebishta decided should be his dira? And the Ebishta says about this world, I mean, this is also from Shira Shira. When Hashem came back to Elam Hazet Tachtin, the physical world, when the Yidin made the Mishkan in the Midbar, Hashem was all excited about it, about coming into his garden. A garden is a place of pleasure. So if Hashem thinks this world is a beautiful place, or at least potentially a beautiful place, uh, then well, how are we going to be disgusted with this world? So here's the point. When it says he's disgusted by this world, it means when it's just this world for its own sake. When it's just physical things for no other greater purpose, then yeah, that's disgusting to him. That's disgusting. What's it all about? I mean, you have things and you enjoy them for what? For what? What's the value? What's the redeeming value? So to him, that's disgusting. Now, now, if you would tell him you're going to use this physical world to do mitzvahs and make a dira b'tachtoinim, he would not find that disgusting. Of course not. Of course not. He would find that beautiful. But when, this clarity comes to us in Chassidus. talks about this a lot in Chassidus. But like in Tanya, especially like in Perek Vav, it talks about, the, the, about this world for its own sake, you know, physicality, physical pleasure for its own sake, for nothing more than its own sake, is, that's klippa, that's sitra akra, right? But then, of course, Tanya also speaks about how you use the physical world to, to make a dira le yisborech, so that's, that's the best thing, that's the greatest thing. Um, that, that's yisuna oyrim in a dafke, that's the, the advantage of light from darkness. That's even greater than the, the godliness that's in heaven is the godliness that's on earth when we, when we use the physical world to serve Hashem. But the point is, physicality just for its own sake, no, that is disgusting to him. That's a, that's not, not just he's above it, not just he's not attracted to the pizza toppings. The discussion, the whole discussion is, is revolting to him. Like, who could talk about, who could care about such things when there's something so much greater, like Havdal, incomparably so much greater than pizza tops and toppings is, is, is our connection with Hashem. So anything that's not connection to Hashem is a distraction from that, and, it, and, and therefore he's disgusted by it. Understand? But this is not like, I want to make it clear, you know, it doesn't mean that he has to walk around with a frown all the time, like, eh, feh, yeah, gross, disgusting, all right? But this, this clarity we get from Chassidus, you know, Chassidus, well, I'll tell you, there's a Hayyem Yem, one of my favorite Hayyem Yems, that says that there are three different approaches to life. One of them tells us, how uh, great spirituality is. Spirituality means the abstract, the, the, the world of ideas. What It's called tzura. Uh, and, and that approach, that worldview is called chakira, sometimes translated as Jewish philosophy. It says there's another approach that tells us how disgusting physicality is. Um, and that's called musa. 
And then there's a third approach that says one Hashem made both the spiritual and the physical, and that, here's the part that I love, one Hashem made both the physical and the spiritual, and it explains the importance of the physical when it is imbued with spiritual meaning, as well as the importance of spirituality to be manifest in physical form. And that approach is called chassidus. That not only physicality needs spirituality, but spirituality needs physicality. Ultimately, you know, you have ideas and things. Ideas are abstract, things are concrete. Not only does every concrete thing need an abstraction, a spiritual value in order to give it meaning, but also, conversely, every abstraction, every value, every idea that's a worthy idea needs to be manifest in the physical world. And that's the whole idea of, of 613 mitzvahs. We're not, we're, not, you know, we're not doing 613 meditations like the spies in the desert. They didn't want to go into the land because they, they thought they could have Judaism as, as, as a total abstraction. They didn't need to implement it in the physical world. No, Judaism has to be implemented in the physical world. So certainly on this 10th level, we're not talking about somebody who's disgusted by He's disgusted by, to the contrary, because he appreciates the idea of it's such a misappropriation, therefore, to use physicality for something other than that. And that's revolting to him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that helpful? Yeah? Okay. And if he is in great assemblies of people, he will desire only to do what is pleasing to Hashem. In other words, no amount of peer pressure can get to this guy because that's it. All he cares about is what Hashem wants. Now, obviously, he's not a misanthrope. He's not a person who's like, oh, I only care about Hashem. I can be mean to people. No, no you can't because those are God's kids. So you've got to be good to people. But you be good to people because that's how you be good to your maker. And we've spoken about this many times in Shadabatokhan, so I won't go over it again. But if, if you want to hear it again, just listen to 44 previous classes, and it's in a couple of them. And he only yearns to meet him. That's all he yearns for. He just wants to meet Hashem. He wants every moment of his life to be a spiritual experience, an intimate spiritual experience. He wants to have that feeling of being together with Hashem in everything that he does. And the joy he takes in love of Hashem will supersede in his own experience the joy that worldly people take in this world. Can you believe he enjoys his relationship with Hashem more than worldly people enjoy this world? All the pleasures of this world that worldly people enjoy? He enjoys his relationship with Hashem more than the worldly people enjoy the world. But I want to tell you something even more. Here's the bigger chiddush. Not only does he enjoy his relationship with Hashem more than worldly people enjoy the world, but furthermore, v'simchas anshei ho'elam haba Whoa, he enjoys his relationship with Hashem more than the spiritual people enjoy the world to come. That is whoa. You hear that? You hear that? That blew me away. 
Not only does he enjoy his relationship with Hashem more than worldly people enjoy the world, he enjoys his relationship with Hashem more than spiritual people enjoy the world to come. You hear we're talking about three categories now. Two balitaiva and a selfless person. What do I mean? What's a baltaiva? A hedonist, a pleasure seeker. There's two kinds of hedonists. Material hedonists and spiritual hedonists. So the material hedonist enjoys this world. You know, the toppings on the pizza or the new car smell or, you know, whatever it is. Then there's a spiritual hedonist. What's a spiritual hedonist? Spiritual hedonist is somebody who enjoys tainuge elam haba, the pleasures of the world to come. And trust me when I tell you, the pleasures of the world to come put to shame the pleasures of this world. And yet, this third category, this really selfless person, he's not into either of those pleasures. Not even the spiritual pleasures. You know about the Alter Rebbe, yeah? The Balatanya. So apparently he was in a state of dveikus, profound attachment with, with Hashem. And they overheard him speaking to Hashem in Yiddish. And you understand, davening is in Lashen Kodesh, but now, then he was speaking to Hashem. So he was speaking the Mamalashen. So he's speaking to Hashem and he says, Ich will nicht dein Ganeden. Ich will nicht dein Elam habe. I don't want your, your paradise. I don't want your world to come. Ich will mir nicht as dich allein. I just want you. Well, and by the way, you want chidush upon chidush? One of my favorite maimorim from the Rebbe, which is a maimor from Yudal Fisson for the Rebbe's birthday. The Rebbe speaks there, he tells, the Rebbe tells this story and basically says that this is attainable by every one of us that we can all attain this level. And the Rebbe talks about, you know, the person who is enticed by spiritual rewards and, and how you have to resist that because it's a distraction. That just like worldly pleasures are a distraction, ultimately spiritual rewards are also a distraction. And you have to just keep your eye on the prize. He, he compares it to, I mean, it's, it's a medrash. It's a marshal from the medrash about a, a bunch of people who were admitted to the palace. And this guy got distracted in, in, in the lobby because he was interested in the popcorn machine or whatever, or the, the Miss Pac-Man uh, arcade game or whatever it is they had. I'm just thinking about the rich people's houses I've been in where they have popcorn machines and Miss Pac-Man machines. Okay, so I'm imagining a palace. A king would have these things in his lobby, you know. And then, but the, so that guy got distracted there. He didn't get further. That, then, but then the other guys kept going. But then the next guy, he got distracted because you know he got to the to the to the dining room. He saw this piece of art on the wall, whatever, some some fancy piece of art. And then the next guy got a little bit further. I'm updating the muscle a little bit. The next guy got a little bit further, and he got distracted by I don't know whatever, the Capa de Monte clown. They bought in the okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know nice things. Oh, Fabergé egg. The Fabergé egg. 
Okay? And then the next guy got to the next level, the next level. But each one would get distracted by some other finery or, or, or luxury at each level. And one guy just kept his head down. He kept marching until he made it to the innermost chamber and he made it to the king. So, you know, the person who graduates from caring which toppings he has on his pizza, that's great. But don't stop. Keep going. Get to the point where you're not even interested in the pleasures of the world to come. Now, does it mean that the pleasures of the world to come aren't pleasurable? No, of course they're pleasurable, and they're great, and they're beautiful, but that's not the motivation in serving Hashem. The motivation is the connection. I just want you. I just want my connection with you. Someone's asking, what's the Mimer called? It's called Bayem Ashte Oser Yem, on the 11th day. The Rebbe's birthday is the 11th day of Nisan, and this is, it starts off talking about the Nasi, uh, the Nasi of Asher, the tribe of Asher that brought their uh, Korban on the 11th day. A great mimer. Absolutely just mind-blowing mind stuff in there. I choose the king. Yeah, that's what it's called. In English, they called it I choose the king. That's right. Yeah, 100%. That is it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anon Nasiv Malke. I choose the king. Very good. All right, let's keep going. This is the highest level among those who trust, that of the prophets, the pious, and Hashem's pure elite. And I told you that Rebbe says we could attain this level, so see what the Lubavitcher Rebbe's opinion of, of the Jewish people is, that we're all ready to be Hashem's pure elite. And this level of desire is what's described in the verse. Even in the path of your judgments, Hashem, we wait for you. For you. The soul's desire is for your name and recollection. And it says, my soul thirsts for Hashem, for the living God. That's it. I, nothing that he can do for me, not materially, not even spiritually. I just want him. Now, obviously, when I just want him, it tends to work out rather well, both materially and spiritually. But that's not my motivation. I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. I just want him. No more user relationship. Okay. These are the ten levels of trust. One who trusts will inevitably be on one of these levels. I'll go back to what I said in the first lesson that the great Jewish poet, Bob Dylan, said, you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Everyone has been in something. And he took us through ten levels. The most immature, infantile one, the person who has betochen in his mother's nursing him. And then you graduate from that, and then you have betochen in your mother, and you have betochen in your father, you have betochen in your ability to work for a job, then you have betochen in rich people, then you have betochen in Hashem, but only for things that are too hard for people to do. Then you have betochen in Hashem for, for things that are just a little bit inconvenient to do. And then you have betochen in Hashem for everything. And then you don't have no preference for anything in this world. And then all you want is Hashem. But the point is, everyone's on one of these ten levels. So the question is, where are you at right now? Where are you at? And which level can you reach today? 
Every one of us is on one of these 10 levels. Can we reach a higher level today than we were at yesterday? That's, that's, that's the only question. And I hope through the study of Shara Betochen that we may have upgraded. I feel I've upgraded. I hope that's how you feel. We found the idea of trust expressed in the language of Scripture in ten different terms corresponding to these ten levels. And they are ten words or ten synonyms for bitachin. You know, I bought the world's worst thesaurus. Not only was it terrible, it was terrible. I think I told that joke already, by the way. After 45 classes, some of my jokes are going to get repeated. Anyways, here are the 10 synonyms for bitachin, which correspond to the 10 levels. It's interesting, you know, they say the Eskimos have, well, it's a made-up thing, it's been disproven, so I can say any number I want. Do you know 98.3% of statistics cited by rabbis in classes are made up on the spot? Anyway, there are... The Eskimos, they say, have 14 words for snow because snow is important to them, so therefore they have a lot of words for it. Anyway, um, we have 10 words. This is called linguistic relativism and determinism. They go hand in hand. Does a culture have a lot of words for the things they value, or do they value the things they have a lot of words for? Discuss. Okay, linguistic relativism and determinism. So two theories that go together. Anyways, in Lashon HaKodesh, we have 10 words for Bitochen, and they correspond to the 10 levels of Bitochen. So let's do it, okay? Mivtoch, Umishon, Vitikva, Umachse, Vitechelis, Vichikui, Usmicha, Vesever, Umisod, Vichesel. Those are the 10 levels. Huelakim Yisemenu, here's a Tfilah, here's a Tfilah. May Hashem in His mercy set us among those who trust in Him, who surrender both outwardly and inwardly to His judgment. The gate of trust is completed for Hashem, the last and the first. Somebody points out here in the private chat that Rebbe said to learn it from time to time. Yeah, so we, uh, while we may have been upgraded once, we can use an upgrade again. That is true. Okay, so first of all, soulwords.org slash trust, and you can watch these classes over and over and over again. But yeah, definitely, we do need to constantly go over these concepts. So here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to have one more class, not text-based. We Baruch Hashem, we finished the text, but Monday night, Hashem, let's have a Shara Betochen Siyum celebration slash Fabrengen. We'll take your questions for discussion. Mazel Tov to everybody, and uh, thank you very, very, very much for joining together on this this journey. Okay. Mirza Hashem, we'll see you. We'll see you for one more class.